Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Welcome, I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. We are uh, here Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m., and we're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com with podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many others, as well as YouTube, where you can watch these interviews. We hope you'll uh, select uh, or click on uh, notifications so that every time I post a new conversation, you will be advised that, uh, hey, there's another topic to be uh, to be listened to. And I hope that you do so and share that with people that you know. We certainly are looking forward to uh, talking with our guests throughout the days, weeks, months, and literally years. We are in our 15th year, and uh, it's very exciting. We've got a lot of interesting things coming up, a lot of different and very interesting conversations. Uh, But one that I thoroughly enjoy um, is the one when we, we talk about the natural world. And today is no exception. We have a a returning guest uh, who is going to share with us, uh, we're going to have a conversation about how to manifest with the natural realm. There are many other realms. Yes, there are. And we're going to talk about that with our very special guest, returning guest to our program. And and I believe it's uh, Anna Marie uh, Vasquez. I want to thank you for joining us here on the program. Well, thank you, Richard, so much for having me back, right? Like, it's great to be invited, but to be invited back is always such an honor. And I'm grateful that you created a place where we can even have these discussions and we can talk about this stuff. It, it really uh, it really means a lot. So thank you. Well, I am learning uh, and have been learning a lot <clears throat> about the natural world over my lifetime, sixty almost 63 years. And I am also learning about the elements of the process of the natural world. Nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary. And that doesn't always go over too well with a lot of folks. And I understand that. I can appreciate that. Okay. But the reality, that is the reality. Uh, in, in this, I uh, will, again, I'll use your word realm in the natural realm. Um I have experienced in the course of, well, it's interesting, in the course of 12 months, beginning with the end of March of last year, and coming around the circle to this month, uh, of March of this year, 2023, uh, I have experienced the loss of two family members. Uh, my eldest sister, who was my father's eldest daughter, and my father, in that order. And it's just been interesting how I know I have changed with these kinds of events. It's uh, it's like when 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 something is removed from a set space, there is now a vacuum, and that vacuum is filled. It doesn't have to be. It's not that it's going to be. It just it's filled. It just is. That is the way it, it works. Uh, I have been a part of the process of releasing animals uh, to their next the next step in their lives. And we're going to talk about how to 
uh, yes, we're going to talk about how uh, manifesting uh, uh, within this natural realm with uh, with Anna Marie. Uh, but it I it seems to me that one of the places that we need to start before we can start manifesting, in a manner of speaking, we need to learn the rules of the game, so to speak. And they're not necessarily uh, well-defined. They, they have some, there's some movement within the rules, if you will, of the game. Uh, is that is that fair to say, put it that way? I think it is. And I think that this whole piece about the cycles, the rhythms, right? Like we all know, no one, nothing gets out of here alive, so to speak, but we really struggle with it as a human, right? Our human experience, right? Our, our deeper knowing is that's not it. That's not the end, but our human being here, we can't grasp when that physicality is taken away and yet we are surrounded all the time. And, you know, for me, I always turn to nature. What is nature showing me? What is being reflected back? And then even, you know, going deeper down that rabbit hole, what am I being told, you know, through my intuitive channels, what information am I receiving about this? And everything is about cycles, right? Everything goes through cycles. Our own cells go through them. You know, all of the cells in our body replace themselves at some point. And then us, we go through our different cycles. And then eventually, right, we transition just like our animals, just like the plants, just like the trees. But the shock of that is so difficult for our humanness. And, and so we want to have compassion, of course. And we also want to go in deeper, right? Like we know this is how it works. Why is it so difficult for us? And that requires us to sit with some uncomfortableness. And I find that I'm going to have to come face to face with these issues in my life at some point, right? We can, we're pretty good at putting it off as long as we can, but I've noticed that nature, right? Sitting with it. What does that mean? Well, okay. I feel whatever I feel. What's the emotion? I feel angry. I feel sad. I feel, I don't know, right? Like it's everything at once. And if we allow an emotion to just be there, it only takes 90 seconds for it to pass and for us to honor it. But what we do instead is we do everything to keep a lid on it, to keep it at arm's length. And so we stretch out what could be done in 90 seconds to decades of our life. Like mm. I'm still not going to look at that trauma, drama, sadness, grief, anger, whatever. But when we come to the real realization that we're just playing out the same patterns over and over, we can then go to the trees. We can go sit in our favorite space in nature, be it with the rocks, with the plants, with the water, with the mountains, and that can act as an amplifier to soothe us, right? While we're, I'm going to sit with this difficult truth about myself, you know, I learned this as a way to survive and, and I don't want to do that anymore, right? It's not helping me anymore. It's getting in my way. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when we go through these cycles, right? When it's an animal of ours that's crossed over, we're being asked to look at what was going on in our life when that animal first came into our life and then during the chapter that they were with us. When we look at the bigger scale of it, like you've had to look at, right? A sibling, that, that's a whole different level. And then the parent, 
right? And this brings in our place in the world. It brings in their place in the world. It brings in the stories. It brings in what is really true for us and what have we just gone along with and what are some other possibilities. But the thing is, is it brings it up everywhere. And so we can either go into the resistance and try and keep a lid on it for as long as we can, or we can show ourselves some compassion and, and be with it and call on the natural realm, be it the animals, the trees, the plants to help us, to source us, right? When you sit under a tree, like with your back up against a tree, you're in that tree's auric field. To me, that's like an energetic hug, right? That we get when we're with someone who means a lot to us, who, who we care for and who cares for us. It's that way that we can keep that connection. So this is so deep and so broad and yet so needed because of all of the Michigas up in the world all the time, you know, that is <clears throat> causing us to be so off kilter. And to see so much off-kilteredness, it's a, a, a very interesting, interesting world in which we live, and we're always trying to figure out the rules, if you will, the laws of the universe and so forth. Uh, whether it's uh, whether you're also looking at science and physics or quantum physics and whatever comes after that. Um, and it's it to me it's just fascinating nature divine experiences with trees plants stones and landscapes yes indeed our special guest here on the program uh, Anna Marie Vasquez and you my friends are listening to tell me your story I'm Richard Dugan your host and I thank you so much for being with us here today on the program along with Anna Marie Vasquez and uh, we're talking about the natural world and also manifesting yeah, manifesting with the natural realm. Let's um, <clears throat> let's define the natural realm, uh, and let's keep it local, if you will, in terms of planet Earth, our our one and only home. I I, I genuinely believe that, despite what others are trying to do. Uh, what is the natural realm? Yeah, the natural realm, we are part of the natural realm. It is all of nature, you know? So the natural realm includes the animals, the plants, the trees, the rocks, but those landscapes too, right? Like rivers, bodies of water, oceans, lakes, ponds, creeks, the mountains, um, the canyons, each one of them has its own vibration, right? Like we don't even have to be woo-woo to feel that, right? Like, oh, how do I feel so expansive when I'm standing in a desert scape versus, you know, uh, absolutely being held in the cathedral of some trees, but once, what I like to do is hang out in that sweet spot where science meets spirituality, because there's this whole part about the expansion of it all in the spiritual realm, but there's also some laws of science and some measurements and I guess data and proof that we can find when we mix those two. And again, we live by faith if we're living a truly you know, spiritually expansive life. But I got to tell you, my human part sure likes to have some data and sure likes to see, oh, that's why that makes sense. 
And Mm -hmm. so what we do, right, the folks who are listening, who feel that, that companionship with the natural realm, right? Like they're the ones who have rocks in their pockets oftentimes, or their favorite rocks in the house. They've got the trees or the bushes or the plants that they talk to on a regular basis, whether they believe they're talking back or even hearing them at all. And we take that place, right? Those of us who are animal people too, we have a predisposition to have that connection. And so what I propose in my book, right, that we talked about nature um, and in all of my courses is if we lean in to the possibility and we utilize that life force energy embodied as a tree, a plant, an animal, a, a mountainscape, that we can create a portal, right, for us to connect to these other possibilities and for us to receive non-ordinary information that we wouldn't otherwise receive. And the part about connecting with nature comes back to that base level piece for, for me as a human and for all of us that we're not alone. We're not doing this alone. There are so many times, especially when we're face to face with the cycles of life within ourselves, around ourselves, within other people, uh, that it feels so lonely. It feels so isolating because of the myriad of emotions and the spectrum that we're feeling it and how... um, how unpredictable it can be, right? Like one minute you're shopping for cereal at the grocery store and the next minute you're sobbing, right? Trying to hide behind that box of cereal and (laughs) you had no, you know, no warning that was going to happen. You have no clue why that would happen. And it's because it is on a cycle, it's cyclical and it's part of our human experience. And when we really say, right? Like, oh my gosh, if we wouldn't, ever want anyone else to feel bad about feeling and having these human experiences, but we will beat ourselves up and berate ourselves and and put it off and push it off so much. And I feel like the natural realm nature gives us that space to just exhale, right? And just be there with whatever it is that comes up. And, And like I said, when we don't try and put a lid on it quick. You can even put a timer out, right? Like, okay, I I feel sad and let me put the timer on and okay, I feel it all the way here. Now I feel it here. Now I feel it in my throat because now I can't talk, right? And now, oh, here it is coming out my eyes. Okay. And then, oh, well, that wasn't so bad, right? Instead of going through the drama of I shouldn't be crying. I shouldn't be upset. This shouldn't bother me. I already knew this was going to happen, right? Our brain has so much to say about it. And that's great. That's wonderful, but we don't have to believe it. And when we step outside of those old messages, that's when we can create something new, right? That's when we can manifest. And when we do it in conjunction, in alliance with the natural realm, we are amplifying that Mm -hmm. vibration, that energy that we're putting out there. And then, right, the law of attraction, what we put out, we get back. Here's the thing, right? Like all of us will say, oh, I'm going to manifest whatever this thing or this stuff or a mindset. We say it, maybe we even do a small process around it. But the key is to beat the drum of what you want more than you beat the drum of what you don't want. And most of us, again, as humans, what we do is we go through our, our manifesting process, ceremony, protocol, 
whatever you want to call it. And maybe it's only once, if we're lucky, we're doing it once a day, right? But it's 30 minutes, it's an hour tops, right? If we're really getting into ceremony and ritual. But then we've got 23 other hours of the day that we are focusing on everything we don't have and everything we don't want. And then the other thing that happens is we put out a strong intention. Let's just say, you know, I'm going to manifest some more money, right? Whatever it is, doesn't matter. It can be the person, the job, the whatever. And we put that out and then we get back evidence against it, right? And we go into, so let's say I I say I'm going to manifest more money. And the next day I get the NSF notice, right? Not only have you not manifested more money, but now you have even less money than you did before because there's bank fees. And so what we do, we say, see, it doesn't work for me. And then we go down the path and we beat the drum of why it doesn't work for us and why we're broken and it works for everyone else. And whatever our sad story is, right? Like I have a, a lovely variety that I go through depending on what's going on. But what we're being asked to do instead is see that, right? Like I asked for more money and this NSF notice shows up. Oh my God, it's working. And that sounds ridiculous, right? Like, what do you mean? We know it's working because anytime we put a strong declaration out into the world, we're going to have the opportunity to choose the old thing. So when I put out that more money thing and this evidence, 3D hard evidence tells me, no, you're in lack. I have an opportunity to stop and create a pattern interrupt and say, what's going on? I asked for money. I got an NSF notice. How do you feel about it? I'm pissed. I'm angry. I am sad. I'm resigned. I'm whatever. And then the third step is to stay with that pattern interrupt. Instead of going into the old story and the why it doesn't work for you and yada, 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 stop and say, that's not my truth. That NSF, that's not my truth. Maybe that's some current 3D data, but that's not my truth. My truth is abundance, prosperity, you know, wealth on all of the levels. And then we beat the drum of that. And it's really rinse and repeat, right? Like all of my students, they say they hear me in their head saying rinse and repeat. Just keep doing that. Keep coming back to it. Because when those strong emotions come up, it's not so much that you got the NSF notice, but what was the emotion that Mm -hmm. you felt? Because it's up for healing. Not only are we working on bringing in that thing, we're also looking at a deeper healing that would then allow us to have those things, that thing, whatever it is. So we want to shift because there is a protocol, right? There is a protocol in the universe for how the mechanics of energy work. And we can't constantly be looking at all the lack in our life and be pulling in, oh my goodness, a raven just showed up <laughs> on, on, on the pole out here, on the fence out here. Oh, wow. And energy, right, is all about our magic and about mm. bringing light to the darkness well, these are the darkest places, the places we've not been able to manifest, whatever it is. Yeah. And we think something's wrong with us. We think we're broken. We think, you know, we got all these damn stories. But the truth is, they're just distractions. They're just deflectors. And all of the nonsense that we're seeing going on in the world is showing up, not 
to show us how much we suck, right? That's that's not the point of it. It's not to trip us up. It's to open us up and to get us to choose something different. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to say, yeah, but that's happening out there. Yeah, well, the physics, you know, the double slit physics experiment shows us that not only, you know, can a particle or can light both be a wave and a particle at the same time, but two different observers at the same time can observe two different things. So let the world choose whatever they want to choose. I'm going to stand in my physics, right, and choose what I want to choose for my own life. And I always feel like I'm the poster child of that, right? Moving from the ashes of my old life into a a life that's more than I could have ever dreamed. Yeah. Anna Maria Vesquez is my guest, her book, Nature. And we're going to continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I thank you so much for being with us here on the program. Uh, This is, to me, fascinating uh, because uh, we have uh, worked very hard over the years, many of us, uh, to uh, to understand what's going on uh, in the universe. We uh, I mean, I like to think that I've uh, come to some pretty solid conclusions. But by the same token, by the same token, I will still live by the phrase the that I was given at the age of 21, which was uh, a good 42 years ago. It is better to begin in doubt and end in certainty than to begin in certainty and end in doubt. Because uh, ending uh, in certainty is much less painful than ending in doubt. Why would one? That's 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 one of the things that I've always questioned when it comes to people who uh, live different uh, different ways and so forth. And and uh, that particular way is criticized. And uh, some people uh, uh, who who have lived in those different lifestyles, it's not a choice. It's the way they are. Uh, for example, there are some people, I'm sure, such as yourself, uh, Anna Maria, who are empathic. You're intuitive and so forth. But the world doesn't really care too much for the likes of you. There was a period of time, what was it, some four or five hundred years ago, when you were burned at the stake. All right. Um, but people, it isn't a choice because it's just the way you are. So if people want to say it's a choice, I say who in their right mind would choose to live that lifestyle, knowing what's on the other side. That makes absolutely no sense unless they are sadomasochists. Okay. But very, there are very few I'm sure around. Um, so uh, let's, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, the natural world, you know, what is, uh, uh, you know, the natural realm, uh, let's talk about what is manifestation. And the reason I want to ask that question is because a lot of people, um, myself, maybe included might be a little confused as to what that really means. Uh, it kind of goes along the lines of the uh, when I ask the question about, well, what is healing? Because as a Reiki master, I know good and well that it's not me. I'm not doing it. Okay. Uh, and uh, yet at the same time, well, you know, we're using Reiki to heal. Well, but my uncle, my father's brother died of cancer after we sent him an absentee healing. 
what went wrong? Well, I know this. Nothing went wrong. Everything went right. He's now free, just like my father. As my mother said to him and shared this with me, uh, when you're on the other side, you'll be able to see and you'll be able to hear. And I added to that, I said, and you'll be able to walk without falling down. Uh, so um, let's talk a little bit about what manifestation is. I love that distinction too with the healing where we're not, we're not the ones doing the healing as the human. We're creating a space that allows that person's field to receive exactly what they need. And healing doesn't always look like what we think it should, right? Like in our humanness, we're like, oh, he should jump up and start, you know, being able to run around and be completely healthy and, and possibly 70 years younger, right? Like our human mind is kind of distorted. Whereas, you know, that piece about him being on the other side and, and being totally free of, of the burden of this physical body, right? There, there's, there's so much more going on than meets the eye, which is always what I'm saying with whatever we're looking at. And we don't know what contracts are in place and what experiences people agreed to have before they came here, right? And we enter that amnesia and we don't really remember, but we sure get a glimpse of it as we start to move through um, our lives and we run up against some, you know, some pretty significant obstacles. And so when we're talking about, you know, different than healing, where we're just creating a space to be, you know, to allow that energy to come in and remember whatever it needs to remember. When we're talking about manifesting, we are talking about us being in the driver's seat and us intentionally creating um, and more importantly, intentionally not getting in our way, intentionally getting out of our way. Because we are creating all the time. There's this great song by Willie Nelson, and it's called Energy Follows Thought. Um, and I, you know, I'll just give him an early birthday shout out now. 90 years. He probably knows a couple things after being wow. on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, indeed. Well, my father departed uh, in his 91st year. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just really... Uh, it's it's very interesting to see how a lot of uh, the people that we know are just uh, they're living longer and longer. I hope to be one of those because um, I have a plan, a plan, <laughs> and God laughs, of living to being at least 100. At least. I'm hoping to surpass that and to do it in a very healthful, very vibrant way, not not, you know, with a cane or a walker coming across the finish line. I don't want to do that. That's, that's not, that's not fun for me. Um, so that's, that's kind of my plan. This whole aspect of manifesting with, uh, with uh, the natural realm, there's something that is interesting. Um, of course, here in California, we've, we've gotten deluged with an abundance of rain uh, from November to March, and then it kind of tapered off, but I have heard rumors that um, an El Nino is in place and that more rain is coming. We just just don't know when that's going to be. And I hope so, because we need to continue to keep things, uh, um, uh, keep things, uh, uh, shall we say, um, green. 
because obviously there is that obviously that potential down the road for the things that we don't want and um and and so forth but one of the things that strikes me is <clears throat> where we live where my wife and I live on the property uh, there is an oak tree that fell and obviously it's it's not going to survive because it can't survive laying on its side on the ground plus the fact that i'm pretty sure the taproot is probably broken and the soil basically gave way with all of the moisture so now i'm in the process of i like to say disassembling it <laughs> um that's why i i chuckled and uh, i thought well that's an interesting perspective for elon musk to take after one of his rockets that cost him 3 billion dollars he said it was a rapid disassembly. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked that. That was pretty neat. So I'm there cutting up the tree. Obviously, uh, have to let it set and cure for and dry out uh, to be used as firewood. Uh, or maybe, who knows, maybe some other things. And keeping the place where we live, uh, keeping the weeds down. Uh, and so forth, keeping uh, keeping uh, fire danger down, but also keeping the weeds down because it just looks better, you know, at least, you know, from a, um, shall we say, a civilized human perspective, maybe a more or less civilized human perspective would say, no, let it grow, let it grow. Um, but we had a situation where we've got a, an oak tree that's upright, but we noticed that it looked like it was lopsided. Now, I know that trees can right themselves over the course of time. Uh, but we checked with the tree and the tree said, basically, no, it's okay. Go ahead and there's this heavy limb. Go ahead and take it. And then I took some of this. I didn't know this would work. That, you know, that um, flex seal, that black stuff that's been sold where they, you know, painted a, a screen door and used it as the bottom of a boat and it worked. Well, it said it was okay to use that stuff. So I put that stuff over the wound, if you will, because that's what it is. It's a wound. And I thought, that's pretty cool. I had that on hand uh, for something else and were able to use it, you know, to help uh, prevent further problems or disease and that kind of thing. Do you find that that you are, are hearing on a regular basis from... Uh, nature around you specifically when it comes to uh, where you live and and uh, taking that in and really following and in spite of what maybe the rules say of civilized uh, world uh, no you can't do this no you can't do that and yet you know that if you don't it's not going to be pretty. Well, then that that's the truth of all of us, right? We're wired to have those conversations, mm -hmm. right? To get the knowingness, whether it's something you're hearing in the physical or in your mind's ear, whether it's something you're seeing in the physical or or in, in your mind's eye, whether it's a, just a knowingness that drops in. And for us to move through the earth in that way, right? We're going to we're going to move through things very differently when we're listening with all of our faculties versus just going through a list of do's and don'ts in our life. And that does allow for different um, information to come through. And, and what's interesting too about the, the first tree, you know, 
that there is still, it goes on living for a long time because there's a whole underground network that has been established and these big trees will still share nutrients and the scientists even believe information with surrounding trees long after they've died, right? And the top part, the, the above land part is gone. So there's so much more going on than, than meets the eye. And, and this is goes back to our original conversation, right? About when people pass on, when people cross over or animals cross over or trees like we just talked about, they're still sourcing us. And we can open up to a deeper level of that sourcing. And, you know, when we're talking about manifesting, I always like to call on those benevolent ancestors who've crossed over because I always remember, right, like in, in our lifetime or in, in our embodiment here in my family, it's, oh, dad knows a guy who knows a guy, right? And he can always <laughs> get, people, get us something, right? Get it figured out. I mean, I've been... Uh, in other countries and called my dad like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. My contract fell through on this thing. And then, and he's like, just a second. I know a guy who knows a guy and you know, wherever we were. And so our joke in the family is when dad crosses over, right? Like, can you imagine the guy he knows then, right? Like he really knows a guy on mm -hmm. the other side who's going to be able to help us. But when we open up to that possibility, right? Like because of our free will, the nature of our free will as a human, as this infinite being embodied in this meat suit, right? We, they can't force themselves on us, but we can ask and we can open up to receive that, right? And to receive that information that, is, or the energy that's going to put us in the divine right place at the divine right time to receive whatever it is that we're needing to receive on that journey. And it just, it expands it so much and again reminds us we're not in this alone right and and none of it is up to to make us wrong or to prove we're bad it's all an opportunity for us to expand and to step into a different possibility you know in this potent time to decide what we want to include right like we were talking about people just have to be who they are and mm -hmm. all pain that comes from not doing that and you know so many people will self-harm but other people will go out and harm others as we've seen so yeah. there's these pieces about honoring ourselves and what we know to be true and leaning into that more and more and and and, and people you know on the other side, you have a choice to not interact with someone like that. If you don't, if that's not okay with you, no one's trying to make it okay for you. We're just saying as a human, they inherently have value <laughs> and they have a right to be on this planet, just like the trees, just like the animals, just like the mountains, like all of us. And yeah. to live from that space and honor and promote those things that we do love and we do care about and stop bashing and telling everyone else what they can't love, <laughs> what they can't do. <laughs> right, exactly. Anna Maria Vasquez is my guest. Her book is called Nature, and uh, we'll give you the website on the other side as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it is really a pleasure to have uh, Anna Maria Vasquez re, uh, rejoining us here. Intentiontraining.com is the website, intentiontraining.com. We will uh, be linked to that website. It's actually going to be a very special uh, website as well, so uh, a link that we'll be uh, uh, 
having available to you, uh, the listener and the viewer. So you'll uh, be able to check that out as well. But the book entitled Nature, Divine Experiences with Trees, Plants, Stones, and Landscapes, uh, I have to say that <clears throat> when I am out, uh, whether it's trimming the grasses that are that are getting two and three feet tall, uh, or disassembling the, the, the oak tree for the purposes of next winter, um, I just find it, there's there's something... Oh, there's just something so nice. I, I and I may only be out there for an hour. It doesn't matter how long. Um, it, there's just something about that that feels so good. Um, and it, I'm also, and this may be coming from the natural world as far as uh, my intuiting this, where there's a certain task that I need to accomplish. Uh, I was uh, uh, basically cutting down a dead pine tree that had died due to the bark beetle. And I had trimmed a lot of the limbs and everything, but now it was time to bring down the main trunk. And I moved my ladder around that tree three or four times, and I could not, for the life of me, for whatever reason, I could not figure out where to position the ladder so that I could climb up with my chainsaw and, you know, cut it. And... The thought came to me, fine, you don't have to cut it today. Just leave the ladder where it is, put the chainsaw away and so forth, and go inside and enjoy the evening and so forth. Next day, I went out there and I was able to position it just right. Boom. And um, I brought the, 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 uh, uh, I brought the trunk down um, right where I wanted to bring it down. And to me, I think that that was, that was the natural world guiding me but we don't listen talk to you you my dear are uh, uh you've got a rather interesting talent as well you're well known uh, multi-sensory animal and natural intuitive but you were also the founder of intention training master teacher and uh sacred you that's the letter you folks uh instructor so you're using your intuition all the time, which means that most likely you're probably being you're probably being guided twenty four seven. Yeah, I I have a rule in my life, right? If I don't experience something magical, like seriously magical, every few hours I, something's wrong, right? Like I'm out of alignment, um, and and people, you know, my inner circle, you know, my partner, my my closest friends, they know, right? Like when's the last time you were outside, right? Like they get that about me, that that is, it's so reciprocal. And, and what's beautiful, right? Like you talked about it. It doesn't even matter how much time you're out there. And this again is that sweet spot. We know that there are negative ions being released from all that organic material, be it a tree, the rock, the earth herself, and your body's being flooded with that. And so that's great, right? Like that helps with all the free radicals that our poor body is bombarded with. And then that's the physical level, but then there's that soul level, right? That energetic level that we're receiving information about, about who we really be and about that balance, about that peace, right? That's our true natural state, that feeling that we feel when we're out in nature, 
that's returning to ourselves. And again, for the people that resonate with this conversation, the people who've got the rocks in their pockets and, you know, <laughs> they, they're, you can't walk past a dog without say, at least saying hi, um, you know, whatever, however that goes, the, those of us who are ta- talking to trees, whether they're talking back or not, but we get it. We may not completely understand all of the mechanics and that's where I come in, right? It's great that I can do that, but to me, it's more important that more humans remember it's a natural state. We used to just do that because we were so connected and and it had to do with surviving out in the elements. We've dumbed down a lot since we came out of the woods and we just forgot and we just, it's time to remember. And so I love dissecting, you know, my abilities. How does that work? Why does it work like that? What does that feel like? What does that look like? So that I can help others unpack their intuitive backpack, right? Like when you go backpacking and you're mm-hmm. like, I can't get my granola bar, but I know it's in there, right? Yeah. Or I can't get the map, <laughs> but I know it's back there. And if you have a hiking partner, they turn you around and they dig in the backpack and go, here's your flashlight, here's your granola bar. And have you had some water, right? <laughs> Those kinds of things. And I feel like we, who taught us this, right? In my family, we didn't know it. We were just like, you just don't, you didn't know, you don't know what you don't know. And so the ability, right. When I first started doing readings for other people, I thought, Oh, this is great. I'll just do this for the rest of my life. This is fun. And then people started saying, those are great messages. And how do I do that? How do you do that? And so I had to look at it and dissect it and break it down. And I'm grateful that teaching comes so easily to me because then I can share it. I can teach it in a way that people can apply it in their own life, right? Mm-hmm. And and move that esoteric into the practical, and, you know, because every day is not rainbow and unicorns. A lot of days, it's just riding the energetic waves that are showing up in the form of other people and other circumstances <laughs> affecting your life. And so how am I going to do that? How are we going to do that? masterfully or the best that we can as humans and learn even new ways to do it so that our grandkids, our great grandkids aren't having the same conversation, right? Like it, it so that we learn to live in a different way with each other and with ourselves. Yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about that as we continue here with Anna Maria Vasquez. I'm Richard Dugan and this is Tell me your story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's a pleasure to have Anna Maria Vasquez with us. Let's talk about this process. And again, it's it 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 actually sounds kind of strange to put it in this context, but the reality is that you know, as human beings, it's kind of how our brains work. We need a we need a process, a step by step. And how is it? What is the process? Or where is what's the first step? on the road to manifesting with the natural realm? The the formula that I use, my rinse and repeat formula, it's, I just call it the three-step manifesting. So the first step is what's up, right? What's going on for me in my life? You know, if, I, if I'm trying to manifest a relationship and, you know, this is what's showing up, how do I feel about that, right? Like I've had three no-shows on dates in the last week or whatever, or or maybe you're already in a relationship and you're trying to shape shift it, right? Because we're dynamic people and our, our relationship to ourself changes. So of course our relationship with somebody else is got to change and shift and walk these tightrope. So 
we could look at what we don't want to get clarity on what we do want instead so that we can beat that drum. So mm. what's up and how do I feel about it? Right. And you can even go a little bit deeper, not just I'm angry, but where do I feel that? And I feel that in my chest or I feel it in my throat. Like I'm going to cry every time I think about it, or I feel it in my stomach. I kind of want to vomit. Like I don't want to think about it anymore. So those first two steps, because emotions are energy in motion. They actually are like a vibrational positioning system to let us know what is up for healing at that moment. So what's up and how do I feel about it? Now you can use Reiki, you can use, you know, integrative soul techniques, you can use whatever, or even just that awareness. That's what's going on. But then you need the third step, which breaks that pattern interrupt. Most of the time we do that. This is how I'm feeling. And or this is what's going on. This is not what I'm feeling. But then we go into the story, right? Like it's always been like this since my mom did this at this age, or since my partner did that, or since I made this decision and we go down that rabbit hole and it's a lower vibration. And so it's attracting in more of the same, but if we create a pattern interrupt and we say, that's not my truth, my truth is, even though I've been creating that for decades, even though I've done it with different partners, even though I've done whatever, my truth is this and state your new truth. And then as you move through the day and it, the thoughts about it come up again, Instead of entertaining the old story, replace it with, this is what's up. This is how I feel about it. This thought won't go away. This thought won't go away. And, and this is how I feel about it. My truth is, you know, peace, harmony, safety, what abundance, prosperity, whatever it is. And we rinse and we repeat every time it comes up because otherwise we can under, we understand, right? If you put out a certain signal, the matching signal is going to come back. But when we have to practically apply it in our life, we don't think about the 23 hours that we're focused on what we don't want. So it's a process of catching it and catching mm -hmm. ourselves. And we can correct it, right? Just because we went back into the old story, at any time we can put the brakes on and choose something different. And that allows us to step into being a powerful creator in your life and realizing, right? Like there's got to be a payoff if I've been creating that nonsense. What is it, right? Usually it's just to underscore some, um, some aspect that we think is wrong with us, which isn't the truth. It's not even the a truth, right? It's a story that we made up or that somebody else put on us that we, even if they're not there anymore, we don't need them because we tell the story so masterfully to ourselves. And at any point, we we can jump off that treadmill and choose something different. But it takes some courage and awareness. Yeah, uh, Two elements that we also need to throw into the mix. Uh, one of them is the issue of patience. Now, when I first did my when I did my first interview regarding the secret, um, I was interviewing someone after that interview, and they said, "Well, they left something out. They didn't do it on purpose necessarily, but they left something out." And that was, "How can you be certain that what your intention is, in terms of what you want, is in your highest good? It's in your best interest. It's part of your life's purpose, and so forth." It's not to say that you wouldn't get it, but by the same token, it's like, okay, uh, yeah, I, I need a vehicle. Uh, as you and I are speaking, my uh, my truck is in the shop being repaired, 
and I need a, a rental vehicle. And uh, God, what if they give me a sports car? I, I, I like being up high, like in the truck. I don't want a sports car. Um, I'd rather have a truck. And they give me a sports car. I said, well, I'm going to have to deal with that. I'll just have, that's just, that. okay. Or they don't have anything at all. And I'm going to have to wait and wait and figure out how to get home and how to get back to work and all those kinds of things. So the issue of patience, uh, it needs to be brought into this mix. And then the second element has to do with change. And I know people who don't like change because there's been so much just in the last few years, three years, four years, five years, you can, whatever you want. And they don't, they want things to be stable. And I say, no, you want things to be stagnant. And you know what happens when water becomes stagnant. Not only does it become murky and algae starts to grow, but then if it's the right season, then you get mosquitoes that breed. And then you got the problem with the mosquitoes and the list goes on. Whereas if you had that water stirred up a little bit over the course of time, every so often, it wouldn't be stagnant and you wouldn't have uh, algae growing and it wouldn't start to smell murky and you wouldn't have uh, mosquitoes uh, um, uh, nesting there and then stinging you and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about those two elements that probably, <laughs> and it kind of goes along the lines with this book, Who Moved the Cheese, that I read a good 35 years ago. I gave it back to my boss and I said, look, I appreciate the book. I appreciate the message, but what you don't understand is I don't have a problem with people moving the cheese. I just want them to tell me where they moved it. That's all. Just tell me where you moved it. I'm not necessarily going to move it back. I just need to know because there's something there that I need, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so let's talk about these elements of patience and change. Well, that piece, when we're looking for something outside of us, that's always a first clue we're on the wrong path, right? So when people are like, I just want things to be stable, what I hear is inside my head is a shit show. <laughs> it's crazy. And all of that is adding to it where we're looking not to, to it's not some kind of spiritual life insurance to not ever experience a storm in your life because that's light, the nature of life, how it happens through its cycles, through everything. So but we're looking and, and, and again, being that poster child, when I was going through my own metamorphosis on this and transformation and stepping into it, I got to a point where, again, outside of me, it looked like everything was falling apart, but inside I had this knowingness and this belief and this feeling that all is well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You are, it looks like you're losing everything, you know, job, relationship, home, property, assets, whatever. But the truth is, all is well, all is well. Mm -hmm. And to have that peace of mind surpasses everything. It doesn't matter what the headlines on the news are saying. It doesn't matter what people close to me are saying or even doing. They are on their own paths. It's not necessarily what I'm here to experience. And, and I don't have to do their path and they don't have to do my path. And it doesn't work when we try and do each other's paths. So, so that's the first 
piece where when we're looking for something outside of us is to see where we're missing that inside of us, right? We can't deal with the outside darkness till we look at our own inside darkness. And right, we all experience that darkness in other ways. Some people lash out at others. Some people lash out internally, right? So where are we not being compassionate with ourselves? Where are we not being compassionate with others, right? This is all the human experience and none of us do it perfectly, right? Like regardless of our beliefs or our values, we don't always as a human live in integrity with that. That's what we're moving towards. So to have some compassion when another human doesn't quite make the mark <laughs> is mm. well, but we're real quick, right? To, yeah. to go after. And it's, again, it's just an old way of being. The other piece, um, that goes along with that patience is our superhuman ability is our intention. And we don't remember that and we dismiss it. And we don't understand how potent that intention is. Change uh, is a tough one for a lot of folks too, in that, and I, I've been challenged by this by others. Richard, you've changed. Yeah. <laughs> So, so tell me something I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, with with losses in one's life, we change because now there's a vacuum that's going to be filled. It it will be filled with something else. Uh, and and um, then I have to ask myself the question when someone says that to me, are you sure that it's me who has changed? Even though I will certainly openly admit, yes, of course I've changed. It would be silly to think otherwise. But have you considered the possibility also that you've changed too? And yes, you have, no matter how much you fight it, okay, no matter how much you resist it, no matter how much you say whatever you say, you've changed because you're living each day you're experiencing in each day different things and so forth and so on and that's the nature of this world i remember um as a seven-year-old i was sitting in mass and i was trying to blink twice really fast and thinking if I drink, blink really fast, they'll be identical. Now, why I wanted to have two identical blinks, I have no idea. Just suffice it to say, I did. And I thought I was going to go crazy until I began to realize that my efforts were futile. Or as they say in Star Trek, futile. Um, because the universe is in constant motion from the macrocosmic to the microcosmic world. It is in constant motion and nothing is in the same place. We can't freeze time in spite of the fact that this is a construct. Time is a construct made up by man. Uh, nonetheless, you can't freeze it. it. It's not possible at least as far as I know the rules of the universe to be. Um, and so I finally gave that up. I, you know, I thought, okay, uh, I'm okay now, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. 
and realizing that what that my endeavor was um and again i don't i i wish one of these days i'm gonna have to go under hypnosis maybe and take me back to my seven-year-old and say what the heck were you thinking <laughs> where did you get that idea profound right it's almost yeah. like a glimpse that came in where he had this knowingness but he couldn't articulate it right because he's seven <laughs> yeah it's it's astounding it really is we're talking with Anna Maria, Anna Maria Vasquez, and you're listening to Tell Me Your Story. Anna Maria Vasquez is my guest. Uh, book is uh, Nature. That's the title of the the book that uh, that we're we're not necessarily speaking specifically about, but it is the book that she has written. It is about divine experiences with trees, plants, stones, and landscapes. Uh, I would I would add to that, although, um, you know, we really haven't gone down this particular road. Also animals. I mean, we we've had all kinds of animals on the property. Uh, we just purchased uh, a set of five uh, chicks uh, that will become hens, egg laying hens, uh, hopefully soon. We have two other hens that uh, supposedly they are laying eggs, but unfortunately, we're not getting to them fast enough. And the rodents are are scurrying away with them. Uh, somehow I got to figure that one out. Uh, we have a dog, we have three cats, uh, but we also have barn owls who we know are around because we hear them hooting. Uh, and we put up barn owl uh, boxes, uh, two of them to help with the rodent situation. But I have a feeling that that the owls are, uh, I guess uh, they get full pretty quick because uh, there are so many of them. But I I really do find it fascinating when we come across animals uh, on our path. And you mentioned this earlier in the program about uh, how, you know, we'll always, you know, there's, there are those of us, myself included, who when you see a dog walking down the street, uh, uh, you know, the the owner is, is taking them for a walk or what have you. We recognize the dog first. And I have to tell you that I make a conscious effort to recognize the owner of the dog first, you know, mm -hmm. because we're, Oh, what a cute dog. What's the dog's name? What kind of dog is it? And, and I, you know, the owner's got to feel like, what am I chopped liver? You know, um, I so that. I'm always like, Oh, that's buddy's dad. Or, Oh, you know, that's Henry's mom. And the, my partner will be like, who is that? I'm like, I just know the dog's name. So I'm so guilty of that. I only know the dog's name. I know how old it is. I know where it came from, but I know nothing about the human. They're under the leash. Oh, that's funny. By the way, I've also seen some rather unusual animal uh, situations. I've actually seen someone taking their cat for a walk on a leash or harness, which the cat was going for a walk. It wasn't resisting. They weren't dragging the cat then hey every cat's got a different temperament uh you know but uh it's it's fascinating the different kinds of uh, pets that we do take on we had uh, back in phoenix we had lovebirds we had fish um as well as dogs and cats uh so it's it's been quite a menagerie and of course we also have them as they as they do a transition on yeah we have quite a uh, this is not Stephen King, mind you, but we do have quite a pet cemetery. <laughs> but I made the decision to lay to rest the majority of our pets, our family members, under this giant pine tree. We call it Ben. And 
I think that's, you know, we put them in his care and then he, they in turn nurture Ben. Yep. And and he is one healthy, healthy and tall pine tree. It's just, it's just amazing. I want to thank you for giving us this time again. This is fascinating. And I encourage people because I'm guessing that people can pick up a copy of nature and they can learn more about manifesting with the nature, with the natural realm. Is that correct? Yeah. The book really lays out, it's that good science and spirituality piece, explaining the mechanics, what's happening with the energy of a tree, what's happening with the energy of a rock or a landscape. And then it, it gives you activities that you can do to experience that. Of course, you mentioned my website earlier, intentiontraining.com. You can get the book there, but you can also get uh, one of my courses and it's called Manifesting with the Natural Realm, where I walk you through the protocols, the steps. We even have some fun with some deeper science like epigenetics and alchemy, uh, things to that effect. Fun digestible ways for you to bring manifesting into your life. Of course, look around, right? If you're, if you're resonating with this conversation, I've got my messenger series where we look at animals in one course, we look at trees, we look at rocks as messengers in different cases. So if you're driving with this conversation, take a look, spend some time on my website. There's a lot of great free resources too. Um, and every other week I do a what's up Wednesday where we talk energy and practical ways to live a life that you love where you're connected to the animals in nature. So thank you again, Richard. Well, intentiontraining.com is the main website, uh, but we will have a link there uh, that will take you to her website through a different, a little different portal uh, that will uh, will support this program as well, and we're grateful for you setting that up. So uh, we thank you for uh, for doing that. That particular website is still intentiontraining.com slash tmys. Intentiontraining.com slash tmys. I want to ask you those three final questions that I ask all of my guests uh, at the end of the program. But before I do, I want to thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays, where we're streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. The podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. We also have a podcast. It's a video cast actually on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. We hope that you will also select notifications so that when a new conversation is put up on either of those uh, locales, a podcast or video cast that you are notified and be able to listen to something new. We hope that you will do that. We also ask that you spend time going within listening to that still small voice. Uh, and uh, that being during that during the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. And uh, so we hope you'll spend time doing that. And if if you'd like to support the work that we are doing here on Tell Me Your Story, 15 years uh, that we've been doing this, it's amazing. I got to tell you, it's just unbelievable. Um, we have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And they'll ask you for an email uh, address to whom to send the uh, uh, the support. Richard at richarddugan.com. That's Richard at richarddugan.com. With all of that being said, we now move to our final three questions. And I don't think that you've answered 
um, the last one that we have, we start out with the first one, which is who is Ana Maria Vasquez? Oh, my goodness. I am a ridiculous nature girl, right? <laughs> I love that's my path and, and helping other people reconnect to nature. That's me. <laughs> and what is your life's purpose? Helping the humans remember, mostly helping me remember my connection. And then from that, reminding other people we're all connected. This, There is yeah. no other. <laughs> Absolutely. And our final question, and this is probably new to you. What was your best day? My best day, it was when that first tree, Ruby, started talking to me. And I heard her speak audibly, out loud, right outside of my head. Mm -hmm. That was by far my best day because <laughs> it reminded me that there's more going on than I thought. Absolutely. Well, Anna Maria, thank you again for joining us here on the program. Uh, we'll have you back again to talk more about the work that you're doing because uh, you can never, uh, you never run out of uh, things to talk about. I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol, Jeanette, I am listening. And dad, be happy.